For the last three weeks, we have been having conversations with David. We've been imagining what it would be like to stand and talk with David. I'm gonna give you a quick recap. Week number one, we asked what took David from a shepherd boy to a king? And so many of us think that like there's this silver bullet moment. There'll be this moment in life where everything just falls into place and it's magical from there on in. I'm gonna tell you that never happened, okay? And we went through it and he said, you know, I had the greatest prophet pray the greatest prayer and a anoint me with the greatest amount of oil and I still didn't become king. And then I did the greatest thing. I went and fought a great big giant in front of thousands of Israelites. The whole army was present. I married the king's daughter and I still didn't become king. And it wasn't until I began to develop a love for other people till God brought the broken, the wounded, the hurting, those who were in debt, those who were discouraged, those who were disenfranchised. And when I began to love them, suddenly God did something. How many people know God doesn't do something suddenly? He doesn't over time in your life. And I want to say to you, wherever you are on your journey today, just keep being faithful, keep being true, keep loving others and watch what God can do with a life that's fully committed to Him. Okay, week two, we asked a simple question. We said, what are you wearing? And we imagine we're having this conversation with David. David talks about taking off Saul's armour and then he looks at us and he says, what are you wearing? And we unpacked that last week and we said, how many of us wear rejection? How many of us wear insecurities? How many of us wear other people's opinions and expectation of us? How many of us put these things on and we wear them like a robe and they carry a weight in our lives? And we said, sometimes we just need to get naked so that God can clothe us with the armour of God. And we talked about putting on Christ and putting on the mind of Christ through the helmet of salvation and Christ's righteousness upon our life through the breastplate. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, the belt of truth. Talked about taking up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit and walking with the shoes of peace. This is a constant picture of what does it look like to clothe ourselves in Christ. And to be standing, not clothed with our own righteousness, which the Bible says is like filthy rags, but clothed in Christ. And that's what we talked about last week. So get rid of the old and put on the new. And we could spend ages talking about that, but I'm going to move on a bit further today. You ready today? We got to, I'm going to start with a statement and then we're going to just unpack the statement. Okay, so today the conversation is going to be around what stream are you standing in? Ready? Everyone writing notes, take that down. What stream are you standing in? And we're going to unpack it and we're going to come to... 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to talk about him fighting Goliath again. I'm going to read just a quick disclaimer. This morning's going to have quite a lot more scripture than normal. I need you to just sort of follow along. The notes will be there. If you need to get notes, you can re-watch this on Facebook or YouTube later on. But, but I really want to encourage you, just follow along with the scriptures and we read them out. And we're going to unpack Goliath, and then we're going to go to Ezekiel, then we're going to go to John, then we're going to go to Psalms, then we're going to go to Corinthians, and we're going to sort of jump all over the Bible. But it's going to have this constant theme, and if you can follow along, we're going to have a great morning. Is everyone good? Okay, here we go. 1 Samuel chapter 17. The Bible starts off in 1 Samuel 17, 39. It says, David fastened on the sword and his armour and he tried to walk in them for he had not tested them. Okay, And David said to Saul, I cannot walk in these for I have not tested them. And he takes them off. So David took them off. Verse 40, he says, then David took his staff in hand. Everyone say staff in hand. And he chose for himself five. Everyone say five. We're just interacting. Smooth stones from the brook. Everyone say from the brook. I'm going to unpack this real quick. The brook 
is a bubbling brook. It's a stream, in case anyone didn't know what, a, what, what is a brook. It's not the name of somebody, it's a stream. It's not the name of a river, it's a stream, it's a river, it's water. And he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them into, and you're going to have to follow this for a second, he put them into, he chose the five smooth stones and he put them into his, everyone say his. He put them into his shepherd's bag. So those five stones that weren't his were now his. He put them into his shepherd pouch, which he had. All right, now we're going to read on real quick. And the sling which was in his hand, he drew near to the Philistine. And so the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he had disdained him. I like that word. It's just a cool word. He had disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. That's kind of cool, isn't it? You're ruddy and good looking. Anyway, moving on. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks and with stones? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And then, you ready? And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, are we still following? You ready? David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you. Everyone say, I come to you. In the name of the Lord of hosts. You're coming at me with a stick and a spear and a javelin, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. All right, keep going on with that. And the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Now, they're just going to put the rest of the scriptures up while I talk to you really quickly. You ready? From there, what happens? David goes down. He swings the stone. He quacks the giant right in the head. Giant falls down dead. David runs over, picks up his sword, cuts his head off, picks up the head, takes the sword and the head back up to Saul and says, look at this. We have disposed of the giant. Are you still good? Are you all following me with that story? It's really cool. I'm going to ask you the question. Here we go. What gave David... Such incredible confidence when he's facing a mountain of a man who has been fighting since he was just a boy and David is just a ruddy young boy. What gave David such incredible confidence to stand before such an obstacle? That's the first question. We're going to take that and we're going to boil it to our own lives and we're going to go, what, what gives you confidence? Where do you get your confidence from? What battles are you facing today? Who are you facing today? And we're going to take those thoughts and just let them ponder for a minute. Because I want to say to you this morning that your confidence cannot come from the armor of Saul. Your confidence has to come from the name of the Lord. But we're going to go a little bit further than that because you go, well, where did, how did David get the confidence? And we're going to take this picture and we're going to go, he went to... In verse 45, we're going to put that up on the screen for you. Verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And we're going to go to verse 40. And we're going to say, where did he get this confidence from? Verse 40, then the, took the staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. He chose for himself Five smooth stones from the brook, from the stream, from the river, which thus gives me my title, what stream are you standing in? 
And here's the thing, when Alan Davies, and I'm giving credit to this, Pastor Alan Davies preached this similar message down at conference. And he gave this picture, and I thought it was a phenomenal picture of, you imagine David takes off his armour, and he walks down, and all of the Israelite army is watching David walking down, thinking he is going to go and fight Goliath. But before he goes to fight Goliath, he takes a sidestep, a detour, if you will, and spends some time in the brook, in the stream, in the river. He stops in the river and he looks around and he finds five smooth stones. It doesn't say how long he took to find the five smooth stones. It just says it real quick. He took his staff, he went to the brook, he grabbed five smooth stones and he went on. But I want to say to you, imagine for a minute that the success to defeat your Goliaths are found in the stream. Now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, in case you weren't paying attention. A couple of weeks ago, we said the Bible is full of these metaphors that sometimes act out in real life, but they obviously have a spiritual undertone to them. Like when Jacob went, and while he was in a place, the sun was setting. And we said the sun was setting was not only what was happening in the natural, but what was also happening in the emotion of, David, of Joshua. Uh, Jacob, thank you. We're going to get there eventually. So we're going to take this metaphor of David going to the brook and picking out the five smooth stones, and we're going to say, where does that come from and how are we applying that to our lives today? If you're with me still, turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 47. We're going to jump around the Bible a little bit. Ezekiel 47 gives a picture of the prophet Ezekiel. Now, a bit of background real fast. The prophet Ezekiel is a prophet. He was carried away captive with the Babylonian army to the, beside the river Chadar, which is in Babylon. And so he's carried away there. And while he's there, he has a series of dreams and visions, which actually blows his mind because he was from a place where you could only have God in this location. God is only in Jerusalem and he's only in the temple and nothing else. But in chapter 47, God's about to blow his mind. And this is where you're going to get the picture this morning of how God can be everywhere. And so we're going to read it from chapter 47. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. Everyone say the door of the temple. Just keeps me... And there was water. Fuck. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Thanks. <laughs> Flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. And the front of the temple faced the east and the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. And he brought me out by the way of the north gate. And he led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side from under the door of the temple. I want you to get this picture. He takes me to the temple. He takes me around the temple. And he shows me that from the temple there is water that is running. And the man went to the east with a line in his hand. And he measured 1,000 cubits. And he brought me through the waters. And the waters were up to my ankles. And he again measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters and now the waters were up to my knees. And he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me and the water was up to my waist. And he measured again 1,000 cubits and it was a river. Everyone say a river. It was a river that could not be crossed. I'm painting a picture for you this morning. There's this prophet... He's a captive in Babylon. Everything he knows has been lost, but God gives him a vision. 
And the vision is of the temple. And he says, out of this temple, out of this place where my presence dwells, there's going to come a river. And this river is going to flow. And it's a picture of not only depth, but it's a picture of length. It's a picture of time. And the longer you spend in and near the river, the deeper that river is going to get. Everyone say deeper. It's a bit of fun. Ready? No, everyone. Everyone say deeper. Deeper. Right, thank you. Right. So we're going to keep going for a second. It says, it's frozen up. It's frozen up. I'm going to jump down a couple of verses. And it says, you're going to have to trust me. Or, even better, go home, grab your Bible, dust it off, and read it. It's found in Ezekiel 47. It says, when I return there, it's back up again. When I return there along the bank of the river, and there were very many trees on one side and the other. And he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the valley and everywhere, oh, sorry, and it enters the sea and when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. Everywhere the waters go, everywhere the waters go, everywhere the waters go, there's healing. And the trees are bearing fruit. Now we've seen that picture in the book of Psalms. Everywhere the waters go, where do the waters come from? It's not a trick question. The, the temple. No one wants to do that, do they? Just in case they say the temple and I'm like, no, it's not the temple. Why aren't you listening? Okay, it's the temple. So everywhere the waters go, bring healing. And the waters come from the... Okay. So everywhere the waters go bring healing, and the waters come from the temple. And David went to the stream to get the five smooth stones that would defeat the Goliath. And everywhere the waters go, bring healing. And I want to keep painting this picture for you because Psalms 105 says this, and he opened the rock and water gushed out and it ran in the dry places like a river. I'm going to read that again. He opened the rock and water gushed out and it ran in the dry places like a river. Now we're going to take, you all still following me, aren't you? We're still carrying on this journey for a minute. He's talking in Psalms and he's giving the picture of the Israelites who went through the wilderness and through the desert area. And they came to a place, and I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but it's found in the book of Exodus. And they came to a place where there was no water. And so they cried out, And God pointed to Moses and showed him a rock. And when Moses hit the rock, the water split and waters rushed out like a river. Waters came from the rock like a river. This is a natural. Paul explains the natural to the Corinthian church as a metaphor. He says, and they all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Are we starting to... Okay, I'm going to see if I can back this up a little bit and try and make a picture for you. David is fighting a mountain of a man, and he needs strength. He finds strength in the name of the Lord. I'm going to put to you that he goes to the stream to pick out what God needs him to have to slay the giant. But I'm going to put it to you this morning, that wasn't the first time he'd been in the stream. His confidence had come because David had learnt to spend time in the stream in the past. Not a singular, actual stream, but a spiritual stream. 
And this whole picture that we're painting today is a picture of this stream that runs from the temple, this stream that David found the rock in, the, the, the stones in to slay the Goliath, this same stream that runs into a dry area, this same stream that flowed from the rock, and Paul says this rock is Christ. Have I lost anybody in all of this journey? Why am I painting this picture? Because I get the feeling this morning that we're going to have an altar call in a moment. And we're going to spend some time in prayer. Because I get the feeling that what we've got used to doing is not spending time in the stream. What we've got used to doing is being so busy and trying to find our answers by just picking stuff up off the field anywhere where we are. Oh, this will help me right now. I'll pick this up. I need it right now. And we're not spending the time needed in the stream, in the river of God, to find the answers that we need for the problems that are in front of us. So I'm going to give you a couple of pictures. If you need healing today, Ezekiel says, Ezekiel says there's a river that flows from the temple and wherever those waters go, there's healing. I wonder if you're spending the time in the stream that's needed. The psalmist says there's a place in a dry land where you can have the rock and from the rock will flow rivers of I wonder if you're in a place that right now you're feeling dry and you're feeling barren and you're feeling like it's a desert area and I'm going to say to you that there's a rock there and from that rock will flow rivers if you're facing an obstacle this morning I wonder if you've spent the time in the stream to find the stones to slay the giant that stands before you. See, everything today that I'm going to point back to comes back to spending time in the stream. And where does the stream come from? The temple. And who is the temple? The rock. And who is the rock? Christ Jesus. See, the scriptures are this amazing book written over 1,500 years by 40-odd different authors and they link together and they weave together and they connect the dots so beautifully that you have the picture here of David in a stream finding the stones to slay his giant, of Ezekiel in the stream finding a place of emotional healing from the hurts that he's experienced, of the people of Israel who can go to a river and find water in a dry and barren land. I'm going to give you one more. John 7 verse 37. And Jesus is there in the New Testament. He stands up on the last, and the Bible says, a great day of the feast. And he stands and he declares to everyone who will listen to him, everyone who will hear him, he said, come unto me, all you who thirst and drink. And from your innermost being will flow rivers. Everyone say rivers. Rivers of living water. From your innermost being will flow the rivers of living water. Where does Christ want to live? In you. We go to Christ and He comes and abides in our heart. And from our innermost being flow these rivers of living water. In fact, the Bible goes on. He says, this He spoke of the Holy Spirit who would come and dwell with His people. For he had not yet been given, for Jesus had not yet been glorified. Jesus hadn't yet been crucified. The rock hadn't been split. The price hadn't been paid. And when Christ was crucified and rose again, he breathed on his disciples in John chapter 21, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
this river that I want to encourage you to spend time in is found in Christ and Christ alone. And I feel like so many of us are rushing here and rushing there. And I'm just going to ask you, when was the last time you spent time in the river? You spent time in the stream? Not with an agenda. Not with a, oh, I've got to get this. No, no, no. Just spend time in the stream. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.